Good morning, everyone. I'm here with Martin Reeder, Canadian Olympic athlete, but that's not even the best thing that he did. This man here is trying to change fitness and health culture globally. Sounds easy, right? Um, we talk about a lot of things. We talk about fitness, we talk about navigating change, uh, overcoming personal struggles, overcoming negativity. How do you actually change how you look at your time and a bunch of other things. And one thing in particular, the three I strategy, not I, like the letter, the letter I, we talk about that, which is huge. So you're gonna wanna watch the entire video, but make sure to check out the full conversation in the link below. Let's get this thing started. We have a lot to talk about, but before we get into anything, on top of the fact that you've just come back from a Native American sweat lodge, correct? Yes. Uh, how, how many hours were you there for? Uh, I was up there for about five hours. Five hours. We were in the sweat lodge for about two and a half. Two, I'd like to say closer. If to you had three to guess hours. how much water you sweated out, how many liters are we talking? Probably here? two and a half to three liters. You can yeah. tell by my eyes, I'm a bit yeah. rosy. Yeah. Uh, you sweat more liters than most people drink in a weekend. That's correct. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, so for everyone that's watching, listening, that kind of stuff. What are the things that you do? I mean, you were a former Canadian Olympic athlete, beach volleyball team in 2012, 2012 right? 2012, yeah. 2012. Uh, but now you do a bunch of things. What are the things that you're doing right now? So movement education in a few different capacities, both from a training perspective and from an adept perspective. Yeah. I then do a lot of speaking. So I have four speeches right now, moving from breath work to anxiety, meditation, right. the internal work a lot of work with youth, so I have two things going on right now, two specific events. One's about leadership, it's called Leadership Starts With You, mm -hmm. creating essentially like a youth group, but it's not about religion, it's about working on self. It's not a cult. It's not <laughs> a cult. It's really creating a, a next generation conversation right now because youth are just so lost within the specialization of sport and pushing so hard that we've forgotten there's a human being there. Right. Uh, so that's one. Another one's called Mastery Camp, which is education for youth within sport about the mastery of things. Right. So rather than just telling kids, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this, yeah. it's like, well, here's why, yeah. and we're gonna build a little romance around that yeah. and nuances in the art and invite them to take ownership of that skill and actually right. develop an understanding around it right. versus them just doing something and not knowing why they're doing it. Yeah. yeah. What else? Building uh, content for my app right now. So I mentor over 150 athletes, work with a few different clubs culturally. Mm -hmm. uh, so building a daily platform of mindfulness through breath, mm -hmm. through some cultural, essentially like mentorship. I call it a positive proxy. Right. So building out uh, daily touch points with them for that yeah. uh, and then movement for it. Yeah. Essentially, I do a lot of different things, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a yeah. lot of different hats, but mostly leadership and communication. Gotcha, gotcha. So there's a lot of things I want to talk to you about because when I said, you know, well, not said, but when I found out that I had an opportunity to sit down with you, immediately the first thing I went to is, okay, this youth movement, a bunch of people are you know, making content. They want to be Instagram famous, whatever it may be. They want to be a super athlete, whatever it may be not really going about it in the best way and maybe not even taking the time to plan. And I'm not, I'm not using this to judge young people mm -hmm. because I've been there. You know, I was in that, right? What is, when you're meeting youth for the first time, what are the first things that you're telling them to start the conversation when you're talking about youth leadership and really trying to take ownership of your life? So the dialogue really is, it starts with you. Right. And so we're in this era where we want to do more to be more. Right. And so social media, we're spinning our tires, we're trying to produce more content. There's not a lot of 
quality behind that or the strong messaging behind that content. It's just, I need to create content right, right. for the sake of creating it so that I'm relevant, so that I receive validation, so that I'm in the game. But we're not thinking about what our message is and what's behind that. Is there self-work where I'm actually developing myself? So I'm an advocate for being more versus right. doing more. Right. So starting with you, understanding how you live your life. I have a business called Off-Ball Athlete, which is essentially who are you when you don't have the ball? How do you live your life? What choices do you make? Right. How do you do self-work? Right. So, you know, if you're a content creator, yeah. on the ball would be on Instagram or would be on the platform or right. when you're editing. Editing, well, building content. That who are you off of it? And, you know, I've kind of lived by the example of if social media were to die tomorrow, right. make sure that you're making an impact in the world that isn't essentially hurt by no longer having social media. Wow. So you need to actually make a difference in the world. Right, right, right. And then document that and share it in a, in a very authentic way versus waking up and how can I create content today just so I can play the game. Yeah, so when you're having that, comp let's, let's go down the, the example of a content creator. And, I, and we'll talk about athleticism as well. Um, how do you start that conversation off the ball, so to speak? Like, what are the things that you know we should do as content creators that can make an impact when we're on the ball, so to speak? Has to be bigger than you. Okay. That's the first question. Why are you doing this? Yeah. And if it's for you, yeah, you gotta think bigger. It's really? not big enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what are you attached to that's beyond yourself or greater than yourself? Okay. So, how can you? attach yourself to a mission, create a mission, help someone else out to then build something that makes an impact more than yourself. Gotcha. And if all you're doing is capturing content to put yourself in a place where you have more viewership, yeah. more followership, more impressions, who gives a shit? Because yeah. there's nothing behind that. And so the next generation, next era is actually meaningful stuff where you're doing work on the ground. Right. And there's impact that can be felt. Right, 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 right. And you know, the opposite spectrum is like, there's almost like this hustle porn where everyone's like, look how hard I'm working. Look, I'm always working. I'm not sleeping at all. I'm always putting out stuff. What's your re reception to that? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> so I, I am a firm disbeliever of the grind. There is no grind. Right, The right. grind does not exist. It's a figment of one's imagination. Gotcha. The grind exists to validate your position as a victim of what you're doing. Interesting. So if you say that, oh, I'm on the grind and it's a badge of honor that I'm putting all of this time in, yeah, yeah. essentially you're complaining or, or you're putting that forward so yeah. that that person's like, ooh, they're putting in a ton of time. Yeah. Oh my God, what they're doing must be so meaningful. But yeah. really you're just a victim of it because the grind, which should be your passion project, which yeah. should mean I'm putting my time into something that I value, yeah. you shouldn't be a victim of that. Yeah, so. Yeah. By you saying the grind and I'm sacrificing for this thing, yeah. all you're doing is looking for empathy that you're putting time in, but time's the most valuable resource and most of the people that are on the grind, most of the time, aren't actually using their time wisely because we're in a generation that doesn't know how to manage their time anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this whole grind concept, yeah. no, it's get better, get more efficient, get more focused with your time, yeah, stay and, on and task. I, I'm guilty of it because I find myself, and I, I try to stop that, I'd be cognizant of it. I never I never thought of it in that way, so thank you for that. Um, I'll always, you know, wake up at 4.30 is my new thing, and make nice. a post of saying, hey, uh, let's get it started. Like, it's just a black screen, the text there, and I try to share stuff. Have you heard and, of Jocko Willing? 
Yes. Okay. Yes. And he further validated that, hey, wake up maybe an hour before than you actually do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's an interesting way of saying that. It's like, wait, why am I even posting that? I think, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking that maybe I can inspire others to wake up earlier, but maybe I'm just seeking empathy. So think about the line of equanimity. Whatever it is that you're doing is exactly what you're doing. It's, it's neither good or bad. And so right. to, to put that onto someone else. Yeah what you're doing is neither good or bad, but to put that on other uh, someone else makes you essentially right in your position that what I'm doing is right versus uh, what someone else is doing default, is what they're doing. Now, you can try to inspire them, but the goal isn't for you to be right. The goal is for you to connect touch points of this is why I'm doing this and this yeah. is why I live my life the way I'm living my life is so yeah. that I can achieve these things. You too can also achieve these things Here's how I do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not about you being right. It's about you sharing. And yeah. you're not a guy that's going to try to force feed I'm right over a bunch of people. I, only, I, on I feel you. So, only on weekends. Only on weekends. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I don't get that feeling from you. But yeah. certainly, yeah, the grind and just substantiating your position as a victim yeah. to get empathy so that people are like, oh, my God. Yeah. You're on the grind? Really? Like, no, yeah, yeah. there is no guy. Fuck yeah, the grind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I'll use my example and I'll also bring in your example. So for me, this whole platform, this whole thing that we're doing, the Risky Fox, is one, creativity shared. We literally want to create content and mm-hmm. then show you exactly how it's made because I feel like it's too guarded. Like a lot of content creators are like, no, I'm not going to share my recipes. Uh, no, we want to break those barriers and show everyone how it's made Beautiful. Uh, and do it at sometimes losing money just to show that you can do something. You have something to give. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're confronting things where you're telling people, you're telling youth especially, like, no, you are capable of so much more. You can take control of this thing. Both of us, and I don't want to equate mine to yours in any way at all. I think you're doing far more impactful things. But we are essentially trying to tell people, change your behavior. Correct. Like, essentially, that's what we're doing. Yeah. How can you effectively do that? Ooh, that's a big question. Well, I want to first say one thing that kind of comes out of this point. Yeah. In our current generation, we all want to do things ourselves. Yeah. And so every single person now has a cell phone and thinks they're an entrepreneur. And that's fine. Yeah. But we've lost apprenticeship. Mm. We've lost the desire to learn from people yeah. and, and to take knowledge from someone and receive it as wisdom. Yeah. There's a lot of information out there, but yeah, there's yeah. not a lot of wisdom. And yeah. wisdom comes from someone who's done something for a long time. They're masters of their craft, like yourself, what you're sharing. But a lot of people, the first instinct is to immediately carve their own path and do it all by themselves. Be very selfish, be a victim of that grind situation versus, you know what, I am going to look at for the best person mm-hmm. in whatever it is that I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I am going to park myself on their front door yeah. and knock until they give me a second. Right, right, right. And when that person tells me I don't want your whatever it is that you're offering, your yeah. free time, yeah. I'd like to sit here, I'd like to wipe the floors, I'd like to listen to you speak, I'd like to participate. Yeah. And that person says, sorry, I don't need your help. You fucking stay there. Yeah. And you knock again. Yeah. And you knock again yeah. until that person has no choice but to receive you, yeah. and then you learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You be selfless and you add value to a situation. We have a lot of people that are not focused on adding value, they're yeah. focused on taking value. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of influencers that are looking for transactions yeah. versus, okay, I need to put in a year or two or five of adding value and learning from a master, and we've lost the apprenticeship. And, and transactions side. is a huge thing, because like, you know, I see it all the time, you'll see people that are literally clout chasing. Like, let me attach myself 
to this person. It's not apprenticeship anymore. It's like this person has this many followers. If I can get that person to talk to about my channel, plug my thing, mm -hmm. then I'll be famous. But that idea of apprenticeship, it speaks to me because in the opposite way, because when I was coming up, it was hard to find a presidentship. Maybe I wasn't knocking enough. Maybe I wasn't asking enough. And I told myself, you know what? I'm going to figure this stuff out. And when I have the time and resources, I'm going to be so fucking unselfish. Mm -hmm. I'm going to bring anybody that wants to come on a shoot. I'm going to give them all the free knowledge in the world. Mm -hmm. But you're right. Like, I find myself, even now that I'm willing to impart this knowledge, it's still difficult to people to take uh, advantage of this free thing. Like when I say, I'm going to go set up a big shoot. It's for free. You're going to learn a lot. You want to come out? Uh, I, I kind of can't. It, it, that's cultural. That's cultural. How do you combat that, especially in your role? Like, how do you fight that? So, they, we spoke about the invitation to participate. Like, right. I think it's not only on us to yeah. offer that and, and make it attractive. Right. I think it's a cultural thing where we need to just talk about. Well, you could try to do it from your all by yourself right from the start, from the bottom and grind your way through it and you can do everything for free and you're yeah. going to be able to take those lumps and take those, let's call it bottom gigs or you're yeah, going to yeah. try to get in there yeah. or why, why don't you be a part of something greater? And that's the whole thing of when someone's, it's about me yeah. and I'm trying to do this. Yeah. You know, that first journey, what if there was a year of, it's, okay, I'm going to make this bigger than myself yeah. and participate in someone else's journey yeah. and, and essentially pass it up or pay it forward yeah. within something that's already well established to yeah. learn those systems. Yeah, and we're going to bounce between subjects, so I do apologize in advance. Uh, what is your higher purpose, that big goal that drives everything? Because I know what mine is. This episode is coming out in January, so maybe I'll share it. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah. I'm not ready to share it publicly gotcha. for most people, but what is yours? really hard to pinpoint that for me right now yeah. because I just I've come through a really crazy year yeah um, that's no excuse yeah. it's just there's so many things that I want to do but yeah if I were to have a gift yeah. it's it's leadership and communication and, and inspiring and really connecting yeah and so I want to connect as many people as possible to their best selves to their gift and allow them to unlock so this, that this, this is the stuff that just pulls you out of the bed in the morning that's correct that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I, I see, you know, for instance, I'm doing a talk to a, a school downtown Toronto mm -hmm. um, this coming week, and essentially it's, I call it love tough. Mm -hmm. It's not tough love, mm -hmm. I'm leading with love, right. but it's tough. Right. Okay, right. so it's a very loving conversation where I'm presenting information that no one's really telling these kids, and the first one is that the life expectancy of kids is less now than it was a long wait, time wait, ago. Sorry. Yeah. The life expectancy of kids is less. is less. So suicide has ramped up so much that the actual lifespan of our youth right now yeah. is dropping two to five years. Is that the only factor that's driving it down? No, it's one of many. It's one of many. Diabetes yeah. is humongous. Yeah. So youth diabetes, I mean, that's something that we 20, 30, 50 years ago didn't even exist. Now all of a sudden, one in three people yeah. are obese. And the chance of having diabetes and then potentially Alzheimer's down the down the way, I mean, we're living in this lifestyle disease or Neolithic disease era yeah. that is very preventable. Because mainstream media wants to tell us, "Hey, we're healthier than we've ever been as a as a species. We're going to live longer. Medicine is getting better." No, no. Wow. So there's so many things that are in our control. Yeah. And so what I what I'm looking to do is a create a sense of urgency and mm -hmm. connecting with kids, being like you realize that you're losing time in your life right now just being your age being born at your time we aren't doing you the service 
of a, telling you or teaching you how to extend that life or at least being able to have what I have in yeah. terms of time. So you now have five years less to share your gift with the world and master your craft. Wow. So that's pretty big. And then two, the quality of your life is less yeah. because of said obesity and us not necessarily paying attention to lifestyle things. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot of different spinoff conversations. So I just see so many youth who don't know what they don't know yeah. and it's not their fault yeah. and they're not making proactive choices and they're being victim of their situations yeah. versus how can we inspire them? How can we elevate the game? How can we try to help them raise their standards? Yeah. Not in a way of like, you need to do this. Yeah. It's, hey. Because that doesn't work. Because here's the thing, oh, you no, know, not at all, man. both of us being you, it's like, anytime someone told you you had to do it, you're just not gonna do it. See Maybe later, do the opposite. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. Yeah, so kids don't listen they watch, which means that we need to demonstrate the behavior. Mm. So there's a lot of things going on right now around acceptance, around you know inviting people to come in and making them feel real good. Well, we're doing those people a disservice because we're lowering, lowering the standards yeah, yeah. versus how can we act in a way yeah. that is inspiring mm -hmm. and that apprenticeship and sharing where they see it and there's no question of like, I'm putting this on you, you yeah. need to do this. It's yeah. like, Hey, come join me on the good side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this way of life yeah. will help you, will inspire you, will yeah, allow yeah. you to live out your dreams. Yeah. And that is the new question, because that's social media to come back to. We can make unreal impressions about sharing light information, but if we're not living it, and there's a lot of people that are not congruent, their lifestyles don't match up with their message, right? Oh yeah. And and that's a massive concern. There's a lot of people that aren't about it. They and like, it, they like it showing can, it. Yeah, and it can almost be a mental health issue because you literally are leading this double life. Absolutely. Right? Um, so we're doing youth who are absorbing all this content a massive disservice because we're actually not doing it authentically. So I want to, I mean, I want to pull from something you said earlier about, you know, getting the wisdom and actually being with people. You know, one of the things I say or I believe in is like when you learn from your mistakes, you're smart. When you learn from other people's mistakes, you're wise. You know, that kind of thing. I live by that. Um, how do you, you know, you want people to make mistakes, but it'd be much better. Well, let me ask you, is it better to not make mistakes and still get that same knowledge? Or? So how I see that is it's about creating a culture that embraces failure that encourages people to fail forward. So right, it's, right, it's right. you have to make mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The challenge makes the man. If, if you're not making mistakes, if you're not in pain, if you're not suffering a little bit, if it's not challenging, then it's not gonna move you forward. Right. So we need to create a culture, whatever that looks like, in yeah. arts, in sports, in school, you name it, there yeah. has to be a certain level of challenge. Yeah, yeah. There has to be a certain level of failure, but it's the attitude around the failure. Yeah, yeah. If, that's that's the tricky thing. That's that's the tricky thing. So you know, if you only reward outcome, mm -hmm. well, that becomes a tricky slope yeah. around meaning and identity. Of I I have to get ninety percent on my test, otherwise I don't receive love. Yeah, or if I don't yeah. win a game, no one will love me, and I hate myself. Yeah, because I mean, as a, as a young father, you know, I think about how I was raised and how I can maybe do it better. You mm -hmm. know, now that I'm in the role, and one of the things is like. My parents are always like, hey, you got to get the good grades. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, doing the research and understanding, I'm like, you know, I want to make sure I instill the right habits and reward the good habits. Like, mm -hmm. regardless of the results you get, how do you feel? Yeah. Great job on that. Yeah. And another thing I want to kind of talk about, and I'm sorry to throw a bunch of things at you, but this idea of like, everyone gets a ribbon, everyone gets a trophy. So 
correct me if I'm wrong, I don't like that idea. I think that you need to fail. Like you need to know what it feels like to not get first place, and there's only one reward, and you shouldn't get one for participating. Are you the same vein? And there's gonna be oh, some yeah. people that are just like, no, everyone should so, shed some light so, here. So once again, if we just give everybody a ribbon for participating, yeah. no one's gonna get anything from that. Yeah. That being said, the opposite of that doesn't mm -hmm. mean it can't be fun. Mm -hmm. So I'm a massive believer in competition. Mm -hmm. Competition is necessary, that's mm -hmm. the challenge. We need right. to come together. So right. how I describe this in, in my talks to youth is compete is actually two words. Competere, yeah. strive together. Yeah. It's actually an ancient Greek word. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. So competere to strive together. Strive meaning your perpetual self improvement. Right. Together meaning me and myself. Yeah. So together, okay, I'm one with myself. Right, right, right. Together with my team, teammates, coaches, staff, you name it. I'm a part of something greater than myself. Yeah. Here's the trick with my opponents. So, what do you mean by that? Yeah, exactly. That's the one. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, I'm working together with my opponents yeah. to create something incredible that wouldn't have existed if we didn't prepare ourselves as best as we could to then match up against each other. So when I'm talking about competing, for instance, if you were on your deathbed, I was like, you're the best winner ever yeah. versus you're the best competitor ever. Right. Winning is like, you just won a bunch of things. Yeah. Compete there's an ethos to that. Yeah, and essentially yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's you as a human being. So yeah. when I say compete, that's I met the challenge. Yeah. I prepared myself as best as I could and I desired a better opponent yeah. so that that opponent and I could collaborate so that we could each learn from each other in the test yeah. and become better and, and it feels, regardless of the outcome. It feels more like a verb than a stupid noun. Like it's Correct. like you, you embodied something in a way. Correct. So. Another add-on to that yeah. is, do you want to be the best or your best? The best, there's comparison. Well, what if I were to tell you that to be, you know, we're all here, yeah. to be the best is here because there's comparison, but what if your best was here? Right. So right, what right. if you're only trying to meet the yeah. level of competition and beat out someone yeah. else in yeah. a comparison thing, yeah. but your potential is here? Yeah. So. We aren't really focused on being your best. Yeah. It's being the best. Yeah. That's a really fascinating conversation where if we can inspire people to think way bigger, and yeah. this is a big thing about youth, they're not thinking really big. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with you, and I also want more exposition. So, <laughs> you know, for me, uh, my big goal is I want to create something without divulging too much is truly changed lives for millions of people. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell people this when I'm ready to, but they're gonna, there's gonna be people who look at me, they're like, you're crazy, like you're gonna go and do that. But that's my goal. And there's 30,000 small goals and small achievements along the way, but that's what's really driving everything that I do. Totally. But here's the thing, for a large part of my life, I never knew what that was. So for the youth that you're talking to, that still have a long life to live, they're not gonna know what that goal is. So. Agreed. How do you get there? What's the starting point? Because for me, it just, it took years of travel. It took years of failure. It took years of just doing shit that I thought was for me, but was truly for someone else. Doing things for money when that was never going to make me happy. Mm -hmm. That all culminated to me finally figuring out one day, no, this is what I want to do. How do you do that for someone that's maybe 10 years younger and earlier in their life? So, you know, we're, we're at a time where a lot of people are, are living, a lot of youth and I, even adults 
are not living a life that's congruent to their true selves, right? Their ethos, what they want to bring to the world, their their safety, and within a safe job, you forfeit your time. So right, you forfeit right. what it is that you want to bring to the table, which would be your altruistic entrepreneur thing, right? Yeah, yeah, you have yeah. the safe job, and most yeah. people you do, you do your thing, and yeah. then within that, you can climb the corporate ladder or be part of that. But your true nature doesn't really live in there, but you're making that sacrifice yeah, yeah, yeah. to have safety. Or yeah. you forfeit safety and you do your thing. Yeah, yeah. And you build that and you think big and you learn your lessons. So I'm not saying one's better than the other, but right. I think it's really important to find or at least try to seek your true self by exploring. And I think a so lot that's of, sort of your secret is to explore. It's explore. You need different touch points. So we're we're in an era of early specialization, mm -hmm. thinking that early specialization is the savior. Yeah. That the earlier we start specializing in something means we're going to get really good at that thing, so we're going to be better later. Yeah. The evidence is contrary to that. Yeah, yeah, early yeah. diversification is the best. Having different things to pull upon. You need to be good at solving problems. Yeah. If you've only done one thing since the beginning, you become a cyborg in that thing. Yeah. There's an often a chance that you're going to be depressed, you're going to be exhausted, you trained yourself to only love yourself within that thing and think that's how the world loves you. So there's a lot of interesting stuff there versus trying a bunch of things, yeah, yeah. seeing what feels right, seeing what doesn't. Yeah. And a thing that I learned very recently is that the negatives are just as important, if not more important, than the positive experiences to self-navigate. Mm -hmm. If we only want the positive experiences, the negative ones are the ones that change you. Those are the painful ones. It, Pain's the biggest teacher ever. And, and you know, it, I think it comes with age, but when you say that, it just reminds me of a conversation I was having is that, you know, I was talking to someone and they were like, man, the good times are so good. I, I have to like knock on wood and I'm worried that the bad times are coming. And I say, no, look forward to the bad times. The bad times are when you learn the best lessons. The bad times, you know, I don't want to sound machismo, but like bad times breed real men. You know, and if I was, if I was talking to a woman, I'd say real women. Mm -hmm. right? The bad times, look forward to the bad times. Mm -hmm. Look forward to overcoming the bad times. Mm -hmm. So when you say that, like, it just lights a fire in my belly. Because really, I think that's a lot of people. They, they want positive, positive, positive. But how do you fucking know what positive is if you don't have negative? Totally. Right? Totally. And, and good. Uh, I'll just say no, it. No, no, continue. continue. You know, it, we're living in an era where we there's a lot of pressure to succeed. And competition Huge. is very, very fierce, right? Huge. And so taking the safe one or... or having a youth doing what their parents want them to do, well, yeah. at a certain point in time, you're sacrificing your soul to go on that journey. Yeah. And that's really challenging. That creates a lot of distress. Right, right, right. And you wind up 15 years down the road being totally unhappy because yeah. you went down this, this road that you thought you had to be on. Yeah. And so with this comes choice. Mm -hmm. Like, we have to make mistakes when we're young. Right. We have to roll the dice. Yeah, 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 you don't yeah. roll the dice when you're 55. You roll the dice when you're 16, 17, 18. Like, go for a trip. Right. Take some time off. Yeah. The most formative moments of my life that allowed me to take the next step up mm -hmm. happened after I took a break. Yeah. Be it from an injury where I had to take a break, or I was just like, you know what? I just want to go and party for a summer and figure out what it's like to be a non-athlete. Mm -hmm. Well, I figured out I don't like that. <laughs> I like being an athlete. And, yeah. and the next year, I grabbed everything by the horns and I went after it. Right. But I needed that time where I thought 
I need to try that because I see everyone else doing it. Yeah. And I did it when that was nowhere near as fulfilling as the journey that I was on. Therefore, yeah. I was I confirmed what I was on. Yeah, yeah. But I needed a break. Yeah. I needed to explore. I needed to try yeah. whatever that was in the, my first college summer. So yeah. I had to separate myself. Right, right, right. And here's the thing, and I want I want to hear your take on this. We're gonna talk about breathing, but before I get to that, you know especially me with my peers. I'm in this space where I'm creating things and doing things that you know I feel like outside of my comfort zone, that a lot of my friends that I grew up with or people that I know and even peers that are in the similar space are not doing. And I look at them like, no, no, you can do this. Like, you have so much time on your hands. They're like, no, I don't have enough time. I'm so tired when I get home. This, that, and the other. I'm like, no, like you are doing this. You would be amazing to do this. Like, go, oh, just try it, try it. And I always find myself in these things because people are always quick to compliment the work that I do, you know? Hey, that's an amazing picture. I can't believe you're interviewing Martin, the former Olympian and that kind of stuff. And they're like, that's so amazing. How do you find the time to be a dad? And I'm like, you can do it too. And it's almost like hitting a brick wall. Like, what do you do when you confront that? It might not be just youth, but I'm sure you're talking to people where they're telling you, I don't have the time to do this. So if someone, and, and I challenge myself to do this. Yeah. If someone tells me, I'm sorry, man, I don't have the time, yeah. that means one of two things. Yeah. It's not a priority, or I don't know how to manage my time. Right, right. So I think about it for myself. I challenge myself to this too, but right. I see the, do you have enough time question yeah. Yeah. comes down to two things. Right. It's not a priority, or I don't know how to manage my time, or I don't manage my time well. Gotcha, gotcha. So if someone says, I don't have enough time for that, it's really a simple, Hey, thanks for the offer, but that's not a priority for me or that's not a, a good fit. Just say that. Yeah. Own that. That's like, sure, yeah. sweet. And, yeah. and it's hard. I am just starting to challenge myself on that. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, that's just not a priority in my life right now. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that's not personal. Mm-hmm. That's just, I got my own mission going on, but thanks for the offer, right? Yeah, that's yeah. just not bad. Or I don't have enough time is, I don't know how to manage my time well enough to make that fit. So it's- Which is also a difficult conversation to have with some people, right? Like, well, sorry, with yourself a lot of times. Totally. So so how can you, how do you, let's try to boil this down to one catchphrase, Um, but how do you start that to kind of help people in a way and show them that they, you know, it should be a priority or they do have time? Like, how do you navigate that? Okay, so let's, let's go through time audit. Okay. Okay, so this is something that I do with my athletes. Yeah. We all have the same amount of time in one day, 24 hours, unless you guys have tapped into I don't two, have a 25th two, hour. Two, no. two extra hours in there somewhere would <laughs> be real nice. But step one, minus eight hours from that, yep. sleep. Sleep, yeah. If you're not getting eight hours of sleep, yeah. that's like you trying to play at the top level. Okay, Martin, Martin, Martin. Yeah. I'm, at, I'm at six and a half to yeah. seven. Are okay. you judging me hard so, right now? So or? that comes with a caveat. There's a plus or a minus one hour in there. Okay. okay. So I like I calibrate at seven hours of sleep. All right. So I, I just don't want to be judged yeah. by an Olympic athlete. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. have I have feelings too. I'll admit it. But the, the badge of honor of I'm I'm reducing my sleep to then get work done or create something that can that can happen in a small amount of time frame. Okay. I'm not going to say that I don't do that. There's yeah. times where I have to make it happen for a week. But you're withdrawing from your future self. It's it's like playing at the top level with an anchor. Like it's right. it's ridiculous yeah. the culture of sacrificing sleep for long periods of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> Pardon me. It just doesn't work out in the long run. You make sacrifices health wise. Right, right, right. So 
Sleep is the first one. So let's say eight hours plus or minus an hour. Gotcha. Boom. You then have your occupation. Let's just say that's another eight hours. Yeah. Okay. We're going to pull that back. We got eight hours left in a day outside of occupation and sleeping. Let's just say eating is super important. There's a lot of people that eat out a lot. I'm a huge advocate for preparing these meals at home as much as you can. There's ways to do that efficiently, but let's just say consuming food. Mm -hmm. That's two hours, let's say three hours if you're making at home. We're yeah. down to five hours. Yeah. Yeah. Mentally, I like to challenge myself on the physical side so I get the mental side. So let's just say that's an hour a day, yeah. but there's some commuting in there. So now we're at like three and a half hours. Yeah. And then maybe you have kids and maybe you have other things going on. So if we distill that down, you know, you might only have an hour to two, three hours-ish yeah. per day yeah. for yourself, right? for that project. And what I'm seeing right now is people aren't guarding that time with their lives. They're letting that time go. Okay, so if you don't intentionally mm -hmm. build a fucking wall around that time and that's my time where I get to do me and move my life forward, there's, there's a ton of research right now that kids, you know, 18 to 29, a lot of adults, but it's a little bit less, mm -hmm. are putting five plus hours into social media a day, mm -hmm. okay? Now, I'm gonna go on a limb and say that the majority of that time is not productive time. Mm -hmm. So I don't have enough time but I'm putting five hours in a social media day. That's that's fairly thoughtless. Yeah, yeah. It might, I'm, I'm sorry, socializing through social media doesn't necessarily count. Mm -hmm. Being in person in an engagement for an hour with someone, that counts as socializing. Right. Through the internet yeah. doesn't really count. Yeah. We need that face-to-face -face for true connection. Yeah. At, a, at a biological level, that's it's correct. not the same thing. Right? It's not the same thing. So where I'm going with this is we don't have a lot of time. Right. And if you don't protect that hour, two hours for yourself, where, yeah. hey man, it's not a priority, I have my own stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the other side of that equation is I'm not protecting that two hours and it's just fleeting. Right. So you need to put a stamp on that hour and not let people into it and have, find a passion right. or live out that passion or read or develop a skill set. but. In one hour a day mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. focused on building yourself, mm -hmm. you can do unbelievable things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, me being in that, that's what I try to tell people is that, look, I have the same amount of time as you. Me was number one, finding that purpose that wakes me up out of bed. Mm -hmm. Cool, working backwards from there, how am I gonna make that happen? What are the 15,000 things that need to go right and what do I need to do? Mm -hmm. And then from there, okay, we got seven days, all right. Three days, let's just cut that out. Three days worth of time for family, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then from there, work backwards. Yeah. But to hear you say, guard it with your fucking life. You know, really, I, I feel like I should put even more importance on that time. So think about this. You don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your standards or your life systems. So if I were to tell you that we all have a framework every single day. Yeah. But some people, every single day, they need to build a new structure and then they take it down. They start from scratch the very next day and take it down. Yeah. You need to, over time, build things that work for you, that give you energy, that right. protect your life and that are no-brainers, no, like non-negotiables yeah, yeah, that yeah. happen in your life every single day yeah. that then create a structure so that you can live purposefully. Yeah. But if every single day you're making it up, 
you don't build systems in your life, routines in your yeah. life that hold you up, yeah. you're gonna get crushed. Yeah, yeah. It's not about the goals, it's about what you're building I, over time. I, I only laugh because I'm, you know, some people say, oh, you're so type A, but for me, it's like, no, I want that structure, I need things to look forward to, and I value my time. And I always run into people, I live my life one time, one day at a time, bro, one day at a time, and that thing, I, I, I feel pity for them in some way because you are killing yourself. Right? And you don't even notice it. So how do you how do you break through to people like that? Because I'm sure you're so, talking to kids at the same time who are like, no. I'm, all ages. Yeah. All ages, man. Yeah. All ages. Now, yeah. I reference kids a lot or youth a lot, but really I'm talking to everybody here. Right, like, right, no right. one's above this. Yeah, of course. Nobody's true, above truly, this. Truly, truly. Um, it's hard because it has to come from within. It's like the game of Inception. Right, right, right. I need to somehow, or we all need to somehow plant yeah. an idea yeah. that is then found internally in that other person and they think that it's their idea so that they have ownership over it and then they take it and run with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not telling people how to do things. There needs to be a level of invitation yeah. to see value in it. That's the apprenticeship side. That's the start, for instance, for training. Everyone wants to get six-pack abs and want to be super jacked and fit in four weeks, mm -hmm. but they fall off the horse so early because they can't do it. It's because they didn't say, five minutes a day, I'm going to go walk. Right. Right. And when you've done that consistently enough, yeah, yeah. you build 10 minutes of walking. And now that's a routine. And now you own that space. It's a routine in your life that you prepare mentally to go do something, and now you start to scale up slow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus we just start with everything, and then we lose it and, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I'm a massive failure in a lot of this stuff, and this is why I'm so passionate about it, is because I still try to do everything. Yeah, I yeah. learn lessons all of the freaking time. Right, right, right. So being focused, being very intentional, um, I think this would be a good time for me to talk about the, my three I theories, which using. Yeah, yeah intention, integrity, and intensity. And what I'll say as we dive into that is we have an infatuation with intensity right now. Right. We are going at 100% yeah. in life. And the things that we want to do, we start at 100% because we want it so badly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Life is happening so fast, 21st century living is so sympathetic, it's just fight or flight, right. everything's flying, we need validation, every single post is happening. We're want, trying to see everyone's highlights while we're only creating our own highlights. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things happening. So intensity is where everyone wants to play. Right. But we're forgetting that at the baseline of that, we need a clear intention. Mm -hmm. So let's just define what it is that we want to do first. Let's paint a picture, let's think big, but really define what that is that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. The next step is building integrity, that framework, the systems around that so that your intention can pass through whatever that you've structured, yeah, okay? Yeah. And then intensity, you start to build the structure intelligently over time. That then reflects into the intention that passes through your structure. So what's happening right now, everyone just goes to intensity thinking they're gonna get it without yeah, yeah. pausing for a second, starting yeah. small, starting focused, and then using intensity to very slowly and strategically over time build their structure to the build that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is, you can apply this to just about anything you want Absolutely to achieve. Absolutely anything. Please repeat it to everyone right now. So, intention, yep. that's your purpose. That's number one in terms of hierarchy. That's, that's correct. Number okay. two? Integrity yep. is the structure around your life. 
expected, that's you don't rise to your goals, you fall to the level of your system. So right. that is the system through which you live your life. The right. pillars yeah. of whatever it is that you want to achieve. Create pillars of like, I need to do this and this and this to achieve these things. Those right. are my pillars that hold me up. And number three? Is intensity. Right. And so this is your application. This is like natural rules yeah. of biology of you apply a stressor strategically slowly over time and that thing then becomes more robust. Yeah. I mean, it's so well said. I want him to repeat it like 17 times to everyone listening to this right now to really embody that. Because I'm listening to this and I'm like, yes, I, this is how I want to think of things. And like, I feel like I'm good at certain things of that way. There are certain things that are, I'm like, no, intensity. Like, I got to get this project done. Let me just put my time and push through. But so like, let, let's let's talk about what it is you're doing, your yeah, project. So if yeah, you yeah. want to be a better photographer or videographer, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, let's break it down into there might be three skills that are foundational to being a great photographer. Mm -hmm. Three great skills to being a great videographer. Yeah. Specifically, what are those things? And then strategically, apply intensity to each one of those things independently, but you're not living in that one thing and trying to master it over a year. You're constantly just adding, changing the game and increasing the stimulus. Mm -hmm. And then in a year, you're way better at those three things. Mm -hmm. But most people try to do one thing so hard, do yeah. another thing so hard, and then it just kind of collapses and they don't actually build the skill set over time. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, I'll give an analogy. I don't want to make this show about myself, but you know, we're, this is speaking to a lot of creatives out there. And for me, it's like, I want to find a dream job where I could cultivate skills that apply to the things that I want to do big picture. Mm -hmm. For me to do the things big picture, I need to become a better photographer, better storyteller, better videographer. So from there, I'm like, I don't want to spend five hours working crazy hard every single day to do that. So can I find a dream job where I do the same thing so I don't have to work as hard? And you know, I, I was lucky enough to have that happen to me, but I feel like everything you're saying right now, I'm like, yeah, wait a minute. If I look back, I'm like, that's actually happening right yeah. now, right? It wasn't luck, man. You've been working very hard, very strategically yeah. for a very long period of time, yeah. creating the skill set and the foundation to create this and but manifest it, in your and, life and right I now. I think it's just important to look back, even even if you are successful, mm -hmm. look back and reflect on what got you there too. Like, that's huge. Another thing that you're a huge proponent of is breathing and breath. Uh, let me kind of set the precedent for you. So for me, my experience with breathing is probably more than the average person because you know I studied kinesiology and one course I took was relaxation and therapy. I mm -hmm. thought it would be an easy A. I ended up getting, it was one of my lowest grades I got. Uh, but I, I learned a lot from that class practically and it was all about breathing and the professor made us relax. And one of the things I learned from that class and I want to hear you talk about to everyone else is that how you breathe, you can consciously change that to impact the activity you're gonna do or want to do or whatever it may be. And that is to say, you can elevate and get into a position of like stress in a good way, mm -hmm. or you can decompress and relax, depending on what you wanna do. But I'll be honest, even me knowing this, I still don't pay enough attention to it. There's, I'm selective with it, like, oh, I'm about to go to bed, or I gotta go and talk to 300 random people and get them excited for an event that I'm about to do. So. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about how you approach breath, your thought around it, and you know, what you talk about. So the most important thing to understand mm -hmm. is we're animals. We are animals, yes. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. a lot of people forget that. Yeah, they yeah. don't think that we're animals. We, we no longer live in the wild, and we, we yeah. just completely forget that we're animals. So right. we have this incredible body that has evolved over millions of years, yeah. if you were to believe in evolution. Yeah. And 
a lot of things have happened selectively to allow us to get to this point. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. we have these unbelievable sets of lungs that's attached to a body that's all kinds of different receptors and emotions and all this kind of stuff. And we actually have a a lot of control over that. Mm -hmm. What has happened though is our environment has changed around us. And so 21st century living is so fast, Mm -hmm. it's so hard, because there's so many things going on yeah. that our nervous systems, we're looking into light all the time, yeah. blue light, we spoke to Julia about that. Yeah. There's just a lot of things that we've never dealt with before. And, and, so, and you're being bombarded by things. And I'll use a small example. When you're in a car even driving, you're already in a stress mode. Like you're just being bombarded by things by, like, like you said, as an animal, we've never really experienced before, right? So we're living in fight or flight response mode. Right, yeah. Okay, so yeah, if yeah. you think about that, we have our sympathetic, which is the upregulation, that's the fight or flight. That's, yeah. we see a lion, yeah. see you later, yeah. okay? Yeah. But you're meant to come down from that, right? okay? So you're supposed to live in parasympathetic, which is lower vagal tone or vagus nerve impacts that we'll dive into that in a sec. Yeah. And then there's that rise if we need it. Yeah. Go hunting, go for a sprint, but then we calm down and that's where we rest and we digest, yeah. okay? So we have that upregulation and downregulation. Well, we're only living in that upregulation because everything that we do in our lives yeah. sends us that way. Yeah. And so what we're dealing with in the 21st century right now is essentially chronic stress management. And so we need to have strategies to lower our stress levels yeah. because chronic stress is the name of the game right now. Please talk to me about this because you know people might say, hey, you seem calm, cool, collected, but I feel this because like whether it's me driving to the train station, trying to find a parking spot, getting there and setting my stuff and I'm cramped in there and people are bumping into me and then getting out and there's a herd of animals, like you said, walking from Union Station to where my office is and then getting there, there's, you're just, it's, I, I, I'm looking at my lifestyle. I'm like, yes, I'm constantly going through stress. What do we do now? <laughs> so, so I have a theory that we are losing what's called general physical preparation. Okay. And so if you were to think of your body as a pyramid, yeah. the very base level of that is your general physical preparation. This is not fitness. Right, right, right. This is your walking. Mm-hmm. This is your existing. This is your ability, the very baseline to handle stress over a day mm-hmm. because you're walking, you're active, your heart's beating. It's not the higher level stuff. This is you being an active human being. This is us right. working in the fields. Right. This is us not having cars. Right. This is us actually being an animal. Yeah. Well, we've restricted now our activity to whatever it is that you dedicate to fitness in your day. Yeah. But that's really high intense. Yeah. Because we're sitting down all the time. We're driving to work. We're sitting on the trains. We're sitting down at work. We're eating, sitting down. We're going home, watching Netflix, sitting down. We're essentially sitting down all of the time. Well. This shuts off a lot of signals in our body. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things that shut down in the middle here mm-hmm. in terms of our gut and signals to the brain. I mean, we could go into a ton of different things. Either way, from a breath perspective, mm-hmm. we're losing our general physical preparation. So we're less able to handle stress better because we're just not as active. Right. And then when we're seated, we no longer use our diaphragm. So the diaphragm pulls the lungs down and out. Yeah. In the thick, big, I mean, we took photos of those, right? Yeah. Big, juicy breasts. Well, yeah. when you're seated and you're leaning forward, you don't have access to that. 
So you have to shallow breathe. Yeah, yeah. You do this. You're essentially like cutting off that valuable resource to so, expand your lungs. So think about this. We can survive without food for a pretty long time. Yeah. We can survive without water for less, mm -hmm. but we can't survive very long without breath. Yeah. So breath is really the fundamental thing for life. Right. Cellular respiration creates this need to breathe. Mm -hmm. You must get rid of carbon dioxide yeah. and inhale oxygen. Yeah, yeah. So if all of a sudden we're restricting our breathing yeah. and now we're shallow, our breathing, so this is a stress response breath work because yeah. this is the calming one. Yeah. We're taking shallower breaths. We're increasing the stress in our bodies. We're yeah. actually getting less of the oxygen in yeah. and more of the CO2 exchange that's happening that's yeah. driving stress. And correct me if I'm wrong, like, you know, one thing I learned, those shallow breaths, it's, it's a great way to stress your body to get it's elevated. It's a fantastic way to stress but your body. But you don't want to apply that but to a bunch of other things. over a decade. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Now, chronic stress makes us way more permeable to things that just knock us down. Yeah, and this, this is especially applicable to content creators that are always sitting in front of their laptop editing. Correct. Probably the same thing, the totally. same way. Like this, imagine this over their entire career of creating material. Absolutely. So a, a way that's a great pause for yeah. me to say the Pomodoro technique is yeah. 25 and 5. Okay. Set a timer for 25 minutes. Yeah. Once you have 25 minutes. So this minutes, is not a fad because I've heard no, of this before and I just thought like, oh, here's no, another no, fad. No, you, no, you like do that because A, you have created smaller chunks and senses of urgency yeah. where you can set goals and really go for it yeah. versus you sit down for three hours, you blacked out, I don't know how. What about people that say, well, I'm in that flow state? Like, I know- so that's nice. I, I, I feel that. I know when yeah. I'm like in, the, in that zone and it's like, I don't want to get out of here to take a break. So understanding when you're going to do that or at what time of the day is, because you can't be in the flow all day, nope. every day, right? Nope. So nope. there's some people are like, they hit their stride late morning because they just get this really nice bit yeah. of energy. Well, yeah. then protect that time for yourself because that's your most productive time of the day. But around that, you need yeah. to support it with good lifestyle habits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're in the flow every single day, good on you, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. That being said, you're, you're probably gonna be pretty productive, but yeah. you're likely losing but inherently what makes the stuff, flow the flow is that it's limited and it's that sweet spot but, right? so you need that sweet spot so protect that time but outside of that the 25 and 5 so it's again called the pomodoro, pomodoro technique. technique so you do 25 minutes on five minutes off so my friend ryan muncie who wrote a book called fuck your feelings it's an unbelievable book this is a new age bible to being a way better human being okay uh he really laid into this and so nice. it creates a sense of urgency and then you have five minutes to walk around get up get some blood flow and breathe. it's always 25 and 5 25 and 5 super simple gotcha um, and in that five is it breathing that you're doing yeah. what, what are you doing yeah breathing walk a little bit stand up make sure you get that blood flow take yeah. a few deep breaths is there slow you always want to slow down so, so walk me through what is the special technique like, there's people that are watching this and there's probably going to be people listening to this yeah, so no problem. when you say hey five minutes you can breathe better that can make a huge deal. what is that breathing so, look like so Within the body, we're looking to, and this is a great segue to why breathing is important, and yeah. everyone's thinking I need more oxygen. Incorrect. Right. There's a thing called the Bohr effect, yeah. which is the inverse. Yeah, yeah. We actually need to handle carbon dioxide better, the buildup of that, yeah. and that flip then allows oxygen to be better absorbed in the body. Right. So right. it comes down to how well do you buffer carbon dioxide, which is stress in the yeah. body, yeah. not how much oxygen you get, right. which means that how do I create an increase in carbon dioxide in my body? I need to slow my breath down. Mm -hmm. So most people are like, <gasps> you see I'm breathing. No, yeah. no, 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 you're, you're offloading too much carbon dioxide and your body's tightening up on the inside. 
So we need to make you better at managing stress, which means you need to slow your breath down. So a great way to do this is gonna be a classic box breathing cycle. Mm. Might be three seconds in, three second top pause, three second exhale slow, three second bottom pause, you do that five times. Gotcha. Super simple. And so three seconds you, all the way around. Just a box, boom. So I experienced something that's seven seconds all the way around. Is that just because it's a different, it's no, meant for a different you're, thing you're or? You're increasing that box size. So the goal. Is there advantages of that or? Yeah, absolutely. So what let's just say is the base level of this is what's called the carbon dioxide tolerance test. Okay. So take four breaths in and out through the nose. And at the top of the fourth, start a timer and you exhale for as long as you possibly can. Okay. Two things are gonna happen. You're either gonna have to take a breath. Right. Because you ran out of air. Yeah. Or your body's like, you need to breathe because I can no longer handle this buildup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's actually no switch or signal in the brain that says I need more oxygen. Yeah. The signal is I need you to get rid of this carbon dioxide because I'm panicking. It's toxic. Like most people don't accept the fact that carbon, that carbon dioxide is toxic to your body, right? In too much. In, in excess. What, it, what, in excess, in what excess. it does though, it's a relationship that we have to be better at buffering. Now, gotcha. the goal isn't to continue going forever. Yeah. It's we, our internal respiratory fitness needs to be better because wow. carbon dioxide is stress. The better you can handle the buffering right. and the buildup of carbon dioxide without panicking. So I should take that shit. back. It's not actually toxic, but it's like you have to have it, that. It is though. It is toxic at the tail end, right. but it's not about getting rid of it. It's, yeah. it's not evil. Right. At a certain point, it's not good for us, yeah. but there's a point where we need to have that. Yeah. And on the flip side, all of a sudden, then nitric oxide is released, which is a vasodilator and opens everything up. Mm -hmm. Okay, Oxygen is then released from the hemoglobin because the pH changes, because the buildup of carbon dioxide mm -hmm. shifts that around. So all of a sudden now oxygen is way more available. So it's not a game of getting more oxygen in. Yeah. It's a game of allowing the body to be better at regulating higher carbon dioxide inside the body yeah. to then allow oxygen to be more absorbed inside the body. So we talked about the three second technique for people that are you know, sitting at a desk in front of a monitor or that kind of thing to, again, be healthier in Correct. general. Is there anything else related to breath that they can do? Maybe, Absolutely. Maybe when they're, it's almost like a rhetorical question, but what else can we do with breath in our daily life to help so, us? So let's peel it back to intensity. Okay. okay. So let's go back to the intensity question. Or, or conversation, everybody wants more intense, right? We think, right. hey, I need to work out harder to get my gains. Yeah. Well, what if I told you, stop breathing through your mouth? Yeah. What if I told you that breathing through your nose when you're working out or when you're moving yeah. allows you to get better at that and you're actually doing like a movement meditation at that point. So let's just say you're walking, only breathe through your nose. Do not breathe through your mouth. Breathing out of your mouth yeah. is that sympathetic, Okay, so that causes your body to get more excited. Oh. Breathing in and out through your nose yeah. is attached to the vagus nerve, especially the exhale when it's longer than the inhale. Yeah. It down-regulates your nervous system yeah, and your yeah, parasympathetic. Yeah. So think about this. Our mouths are meant for digestion and communication. Our noses are meant for breathing. Okay. When you breathe through your nose, you have immune function in your nasal passageways. Yeah. You change the humidity of the air, you change the temperature of the air, you have microvilli inside that essentially get all the little particles and things that could potentially harm you. You have no immune function with the mouth. The right. mouth is not meant for breathing. 
The mouth is meant for communication and digestion. Interesting. So shut your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and only breathe through your nose. And now I'm that crazy guy that only trains with his nose. Now there's a lot of happening, and I'm not the person that invented this. Art of Breath, Brian McKenzie, mm -hmm. uh, Rob Wilson. There's I've some heard, I've heard world, about it, yeah. world leaders. Uh, Laird Hamilton. Uh, some really just forward-thinking, high-performance athletes and pioneers right. are really pushing this forward. But this stems from yoga back in the day. This stems yeah, yeah. from a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I was doing research this morning. Apache warriors back in the day, they used to train their kids by putting water in their mouths and getting them to run 10 miles and then they'd come back and spit the water out. Spartan kid warriors used to have to perform tasks with water in their, their mouths and have to come back and if they didn't have water in their mouths, they got punished. It was a way to force people to train through their noses because the physiology was so much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're a wedding photographer or videographer, breathe through your damn nose. Yes, exactly. Train, tra train yeah. yourself, right? Yeah. If you're on a photo shoot, do it. That's amazing. So there's really interesting stuff on that front. So to go back to what can people do, well, yeah. ace, breathe through your nose more. Yeah. You're gonna calm yourself. There's uh, a great author, Patrick McEwen, uh, the Oxygen Advantage book. Give that a read, but he talks about you should always, or do your best to strive to have a little bit of air hunger. Mm -hmm. So slow your breaths down a little bit and just be a little bit air hungry and that's gonna create a positive shift inside. Mm -hmm. uh, there's another way of like, let's say you're climbing stairs or walking to work, like exhale fully and don't breathe in mm -hmm. and go as far as you can with nothing. And now all of a sudden you're simulating a high altitude training environment and you teach your body to do more with less. So that's the goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do more with less versus I need more. Just being a more efficient system overall. So the efficiency of the human being so that long term, yeah. we live longer, we live better. So this whole carbon dioxide thing yeah. and how we manage stress, yeah. we need to be better at handling stress right now in 21st century life because everything around us is causing us stress. Yeah. So we need to take pauses in our days yeah. to manage stress better and that's yeah. breathing. I mean, we can have another podcast just about that, but we need we need to talk about just humans in general mm -hmm. and, and some of your ideas about in the 21st century, how are we managing stress and how are we living as humans? And, and it's passionate for me because I, I think in this way, I want to be the best human version of myself and I'm seeking the information. And now I'm sitting with you, so selfishly, I'm like, I wanna tap into your brain, but for the people mm -hmm. that are listening, how do you see it? What is your theory on you know being the best human? Um, how can we go down? So this, I mean, this path? My, my default mode network is movement because I'm an athlete. Right. But we're animals. We're meant to move. Right. We're not meant to not move. Yeah. So, a from uh, anxiety and depression side, like yeah. movement is so incredible for us. From a, a high productivity side and getting into flow state, movement is integral to that. Yeah. We want to be able to move to harness our hormones and, and our true capacity, mm -hmm. all this stuff. So I think movement is really, really, really essential, but mm -hmm. I'm not, that's not fitness. So do something that makes you happy, do a thing, yeah. but ideally training supports something that you're doing that brings you joy. Mm -hmm. If training is just, just the thing mm -hmm. and that brings you joy, okay, that's fine, but ideally training to do something, yeah. to set a goal and to achieve something, be it a race, yeah. be it some level of activity, have a pastime that brings you joy, that brings you out into nature. So let's get outside and let's get active. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No there, matter what you're doing, you, whether you're a videographer, photographer, businessman, whatever it is. Get outside, man. Okay. Get outside. Okay. So 
there's a massive issue where we're losing sleep. People aren't sleeping very well. It's because we're unfortunately looking at light through our screens that's four times more powerful than the sun mm -hmm. at a time when the sun's down. We're living in these fake environments. Mm -hmm. that, that's us, that's life. I'm not mm -hmm. saying it's great or bad. I'm saying, if, if, is the dog wagging the tail or is the tail wagging the dog? And so if you're a slave to your screen, mm -hmm. your body thinks that it's the middle of the day all the time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, create these systems in your life where your morning ritual, the first thing you do is not your cell phone, mm -hmm. okay? Be a human being, integrate into the world, have some water, go outside and walk, mm -hmm. watch a sunrise. When was the last time you watched a sunrise? If yeah. the answer was five years ago, there's yeah. some shit that's wrong. Yeah, and I'm a huge proponent of that because, you know, I didn't discover it until I was forced to wake up early for weddings and trying to catch that sunrise and that kind of stuff. And then it started to bleed to my personal life because I realized like in the summer times, I'm like, I feel good when these things are happening on the weekend. I'm like, wait, I can easily do this if I made it, like you said, made it a priority. Yeah. And now I'm like, I want to be up before the sun is out. So energy is something that you need to invest energy into to receive. Right, of course. So the getting up early thing, I love it because there's people that are like, I'm training at 5.30 in the morning. And it's like, okay, that's, that's nice. Yeah. But building it up in a positive way, the like, mornings are so productive. Yeah. So making someone, and I'm not saying this is you, but yeah. and, and this is more people in the fitness industry, like get your ass up, train in the morning every single day. Like, yeah. Okay, that's nice, but yeah. where's that person gonna find joy in that? Yeah. So the, the joy doesn't necessarily have to be train in the morning, but engaging in nature and getting outside, going for a walk, something super simple, yeah. but just be a human being, yeah. not necessarily on technology the first thing you do. And then the right. mind, you create space for yourself. Talk about owning space for yourself. If you're just serving the world and serving everybody else, yeah. immediately the second you wake up versus I can have full time for myself and my family. Right. And then when I get to work is when I get to work and I start to deal with, the, with those things. But yeah. we have this essentially societal need for us to be ever present, ever available all the time. Yeah, and it's yeah. just totally messing us up. So own your spare time, own yeah. your morning yeah. to win your day. Is, is a massive piece. Yeah. Uh, go outside as much as you possibly can and get natural light in and then yeah. fade your day out. Fade the light out. Get off of a screen. Read a book. Engage in non-watching television activities yeah. with your partner or socialize yeah, yeah. before going to bed. Yeah. Have candlelight at night. Read a candlelight. Chill out. Take cold showers. Like, I'm talking human being stuff. That, we got to talk about cold showers because yeah. listen, I know the benefits of cold showers because I've read so much about it. Mm -hmm. It's just damn hard to do, Martin. Just how do you? You, you got to find. <laughs> if you say some smart ass no, shit like, no. "Oh, just make it colder, colder each time," and just do it, but like, so how here, do you tell yourself to go do a cold shower? So Brian McKenzie, who is the the leader of Arter Breath, yeah. and he, this is cold exposure. Think of it as a stressor. You're just getting better at handling stress, so yeah. it helps you, mm -hmm. and it's not going to kill you. Yeah. So just. 10 breaths, you get 10 breaths. Yeah. Take as long as you can with 10 breaths and you're gone. Okay. Just, That's it, do it just, 10 just 10 breaths. Yeah, okay. If you don't have 10 breaths, then you don't have any time. <laughs> and it's it's so good mentally, it's yeah. so good physically. Yeah, it is, um, it is. And I'm not creating structure around this, I'm just kind of shooting the shit of how we can be more of a human animal. Yeah, yeah. But, it's not like, you know, hey, everyone go out and do every single thing. It's like yeah. incorporate the best parts and of it. And how do we find joy in those things? So happy yeah. to, to move away from that one and, and attack anything else. Like yeah, we, yeah. We, we enslave the human animal yeah, as yeah, much yeah. as possible. But I think people do forget that we are these human beings that are meant to move, meant to care, yeah. meant to interact with people really in social, like real time, in social. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially like when you actually have 
you know, you set time to have human interactions. To say, hey guys, let's instead of like playing video games, instead of like going to a movie, let's just meet up, grab a coffee or grab a drink, whatever, and socialize. Totally. totally. It's, and I feel like it's missing more and more. You don't hear about it happening. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, so I want to move into change because you speak a lot about this change and navigating change. So in, instead of me asking the question, just go tell us. <laughs> well. So it sounds like I'm coming from this pulpit stone here. I've got all this stuff going on. I'm just trying to figure out my own stuff. So yeah. I've figured it out. But Tim Ferriss is someone that I think is fantastic and he's done the world a lot mm -hmm. uh, with all of his books and, and his ideas and just being a guinea pig about all kinds of really forward thinking stuff. Yeah. That, Let, let's pause right there because yeah. Tim Ferriss like, changed my life with the four hour work week, yeah. uh, which was hugely beneficial. And what I want to tell people is when you read these books, he himself says it. You don't follow this like the Bible. I'm just gonna give you all these things that I've done and I've tested the shit out of. Implement however much you want of it. Because I feel like sometimes people bring up his name and they're like, oh, he wants me to just do this and it's a miracle here. Nothing is a miracle. Take the best lessons and implement it. But yep. you're, you're absolutely right. He is, he's been a huge benefit there's, for many people. There's a lot there. And so one of the things that he shared was fire yourself. Okay. So yeah. you might be doing something for a really long time and you might like it and you yeah. might be okay, yeah. but you're not going to stop that for no reason, but yeah. fire yourself. Yeah. Stop what you're doing. Don't be enslaved to that thing. If it's not bringing you all of that joy, yeah. well, think about it. Like, are there other things that you could do? Yes or no? Well, maybe fire yourself. So change. I fired myself. I, I had a gut feeling. Yeah that I wanted to make some change in my life. And so I, I did that. I set a timeline what for myself. What did you fire yourself from? So I, I was a part of a fitness business downtown Toronto. Yeah. And uh, unbelievable. That whole journey was absolutely fantastic. And mm -hmm. I brought what I wanted to bring to life. My business partner and I created something superb. But I evolved. Yeah. And I just didn't feel like I was giving my gifts an opportunity to shine within right. what was built. Right. But it was built from the start with my best, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I evolved and things evolve and I just wanted to do other things. So mm -hmm. rather than not making a change, mm -hmm. I made a change. Mm -hmm. And so I left that not even knowing what I was going to do after that. Yeah. I need to be happy. So people that are listening and watching this be like, well, Martin, it's easy for you to say Olympic athlete, but I live off my job. That gets I you nothing. Side note, Olymp <laughs> being an Olympic athlete sounds nice. It gets you debt is what that gets you. <laughs> But you know, there's some people that are like, no, I live paycheck to paycheck. I got to make things work. I can't just fire myself. What's, what do you say to that? There's always a way. Mm -hmm. Okay. So starting a small project. No, I always had other little projects going on. So I had a sense, I had an inkling of what I wanted to do, but mm -hmm. I just knew deep down inside that this, not, it's just not what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So right. you either just deal with that and yeah. you continue to go down that pathway. Or it's like, what if, Yeah. what if I could? So that happened and that created a really big year of, of loss of my family and exploration and a few other things that we can dive into. But you know, my girlfriend, Julia, she just got into medical school in Sydney and we're going to Australia. So yeah. it's created space for us to, to go to Australia and start a new life. So yeah. here I'm, I, I'm 34 years old. Yeah. I essentially have projects that I can take down there, but I'm starting from scratch, man. Right. And that excites me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm stoked yeah. to start a new life not abandoning Toronto by any means. There's yeah. still projects that are moving forward here, but like, 
why not, man? Life's yeah. too short. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. so many incredible countries. I try, I've played in over 36 countries in my career. Yeah. I've seen a lot. Yeah. I'm super intrigued by it. Yeah. Like, why not? And so people can be, can be stuck, not in a negative way, but time passes you by. Yeah. And so I live in quadrennials based on Olympics happening every four years. So that was mm -hmm. how my mind trained. And so, mm -hmm. you know, four years kind of comes up. It's like, am I happy? Mm -hmm. Yes or no? It's a simple question. Right. Well, and, what am and, I going to do about it? It's a great starting point for many people. Just ask yourself, truly, honestly, are you happy? And there's a lot of time. I think that we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be successful, to have this, to have that. Yeah, yeah. Life's long, man. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of 20-somethings, and I've been there before, is just that you feel like by a certain age, you got to have that stable job, you got to have a house, you got to have a wife, you got to have a kid or a husband, whatever it may be. Like, we put these artificial yeah. pressures on ourselves and really say, no, this is what success is or what it means to be human. Mm -hmm. But it really fucking isn't, mm -hmm. right? So it, it, the success side or the fulfillment side, and yeah. hopefully success and fulfillment can be running parallel yeah. and be totally together. Or sometimes success means that you unfortunately put your fulfillment yeah. to the side. And, you know, I just encourage people, if you're feeling yeah. like you're not doing what you truly passionately love and is what it, makes you excited, and, and, look you know, about creating some change in your and life. And I think there isn't something that's like saying one or the other. I'd like to just hear your opinion just because you brought it up because <laughs> I think that it's okay to put success over fulfillment in micro waves. So in it, waves. Once, and, and all of this stuff, yeah. there has to be a caveat around we must survive. Of course, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. We, we have to be able to make things work. Yeah, because so, I mean, for the, for the, I'll, I'll give you an example, right? There's a bunch of creatives out there that want to be the next great Annie Leibovitz or just, you know, the James Cameron of the world. Like, I'm going to go create this stuff. And the one thing I'll try to tell them is like, okay, when you're starting off, don't go broke for this shit. Like, it's simply not worth it. Mm -hmm. Work within your limitations, mm -hmm. get the gear you can afford, yep. don't go into debt, yep. and work within those limitations. Yep. And number two, if you want to get better gear, charge people more or put in the hours and work a shitty job mm -hmm. and, and see if there's other advantages. And what I usually say is as an example, work at a restaurant because you get and you get to eat for free and you don't have to pay for that. Right. Or work at a place that supplies the gear. So if you're an athlete, if you can get the gear cheap, if you're a photographer, you can get the cameras cheap, work at a place that makes sense to that. Don't make that your 10 years of your life, your five years of your life. Like, like you have to be able to set these goals. But there are times to put success over fulfillment with the eventual goal of like shifting that. And that's, and that's hard work. I, I don't say grind there. Yeah. It's an intentional time of I need to hunker down here and make this happen. Okay. And right. I'm not a victim of this story because this is how I'm going to level up. Yeah, yeah. But if you're not interested in leveling up and you're just not happy. Yeah. Yeah, that's really that's really sad. I think a lot of people have gifts that they haven't explored because they don't think they can. They haven't given themselves permission. They've been told their whole lives that they shouldn't, that they can't. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. So that sounds very altruistic, and I understand a lot of people will probably watch this and be like, you haven't worked a job. You don't know what that looks like, and that's fine. But I believe that everyone has something special to offer. 100%. And everyone deserves to at least explore that and try to bring that to 100%, life. 100%, 100%. And you know, uh, I was speaking to Gary Vaynerchuk once and he was saying that if you want that perspective, go to a senior home and see the look on people's faces and you know the, regret, the regret in their eyes. And not to like shame it, like go with honest intentions. But 
you see people that didn't maximize their potential, that didn't roll the dice, like you said, that didn't, you know, ask themselves, are they ha truly happy, and yep. then do something about it. So uh, my recent, I, I got an addition to the family. My cousin-in-law now, Ben Nemton, yeah. he started a TV show called The Buried Life. They're on MTV down in the States. Yeah. Great guy, great speaker. Yeah. And so he just did a session in Toronto, yeah. and that's called What Do You Want to Do so bur you sorry, die. buried life is the what? buried life is essentially what are the things that you want to do before you die. Oh, okay. And so it's just a great way and of, this show of is being on, creative. It's, it's syndicated. That's on. Or? Oh yes, yes, oh, fantastic. Okay. It's okay. amazing. Awesome. They're, they're building a documentation. Yeah. Or, or sorry, documentary. They're from Vancouver Island. Nice. Four guys that just went and did it. They they shot hoops with Barack Obama at the yeah. White House. They did all kinds of stuff like on a whim. Yeah. No connections. They just did it. Yeah. But on that journey, every time they got one of their bucket list items, they helped someone else achieve a bucket list item. And so, really, really amazing story. But what he was saying is, people don't regret what they did, yeah. they regret what they didn't do. Big time. On their deathbed. Yeah. Super powerful. Yeah. So this is another thing. Like, what do you want to do before you die? This yeah. is the stuff that we don't think about. So, yeah. you know, let's move that to expectations, to standards of yeah. things that we're not communicating, we don't think about, we just think that stuff's gonna happen, but we don't set a high standard for our lives and, and nothing actually happens. Yeah. So we need to bring it to life. We need to communicate about something. We need to paint a picture of what does our dream look like. Yeah. Bring that out. Yeah. Yeah. And then turn that somehow into a standard by having an accountability buddy and working with someone to bring a standard to life and, and living in a certain way that's gonna elevate your game. Yeah. But a lot of people are living with a ton of compromise and they're not standing up for themselves and they're expecting that the world's gonna do things. But if you just live in a way that I, I expect that things are gonna work out and everyone's gonna take care of me, yeah. like, no, 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 you gotta advocate for yourself. Right. You gotta set some standards and you either fall to other people's standards or you raise the bar. Yeah. And are you the person in your social circle that raises the bar yeah. for everybody else and challenges your friends? Or do you not do that and just kind of where, whenever you're hanging out or whatever you're doing, you just settle down and everyone has a time where no one's interested and, in It's a byproduct of repetition because if you keep doing it, it's hard to get out of that cycle. You, it, it, you know, it takes effort and conscious effort to break out of that, become something that isn't that, yeah. right? Um, I want to kind of segue into, you know, it's kind of related, but negativity in general, right? Like. It's so easy to get wrapped up to the, it can, you can relate this to anything, man. You can just be negative about certain things in your life, whatever it may be, negativity coming externally into your life and impacting you. How do you navigate negativity? I'm sure you get angry. I'm sure there's times where you get frustrated uh, or things just happen to you. It's not even in your control. How do you, what's your advice for that? How do you handle that? So, man, I'm a perpetual positive guy. I'm probably yeah. too positive and overly positive yeah. most of the time. Yeah. That's probably By the way, I knew this the first time I met you because you came to pick up Julia after a photo shoot. Right. And usually, you know, when the partner comes to pick up, you know, whatever, they don't reach across the passenger seat and shake the photographer's hand on the car and like smile ear to ear. And I'm like, that guy is happy to see me. Does he know me? But yeah, I mean, you are. That's how you carry yourself, right? But, I mean, but that's a choice. First and foremost, I, I calibrate my life in that way. I, I, uh, all about finding the best. Yeah. I, I love believing in people yeah. more than they believe in themselves. Caring huge, about people, huge. truly caring about them, yeah. lasting that eye contact for the extra second yeah, versus yeah. trying to escape the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a lot there about caring for people and just wanting to elevate the game for everybody. So yeah. that's just that's my mom. She she 
essentially instilled that in me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but to go into the negativity side, like stuff happens, yeah. and and you can either be a victim of that or a champion of it, yeah. and, and that's a choice. Yeah. And you know, we talk about you know the grind and, and kind of substantiating your position as a victim. Yeah. And you can be there, and you can stay there. And and Julia gets angry at me all the time. My girlfriend, who's yeah. just let me just be angry for a second. Let me be sad. And I'm always like, well, okay, how do we move out of here? I, I rarely, <laughs> yeah, 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 and yeah. Uh, you know, I lost my dad this year, which is the first death that I've, in my family, the first time I've ever experienced anything yeah, yeah. like that before. And yeah. um, it was a freak construction accident where he fell 16 feet wow. and he was then two months in ICU and then didn't make it. And so his entire internal- And I only asked this because you said, you know, it's, it's okay to talk about, so I don't want people to think, hey, yeah, I'm just here to fucking expose this Totally shit, open. Um, how did you navigate that? Because, you know, people have experienced loss that's part of being human. Um, what did you do? Because especially when it's that direct connection. Oh, it was heavy. I mean, it was heavy that the call that he fell and that he was hurt and, and his entire insides were you know, really traumatized. There was a lot of damage in there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, a whole wave of emotions. But, mm -hmm. you know, there was never a moment where I could come to terms with death because there was always hope right. until the very last second where it was right. he's, he's on his deathbed today. Yeah. So there was never a time where it was like terminal illness that you could talk to your father about things and get closure about yeah. items because he's terminally ill. Like yeah. The day before he passed, I was doing leg exercises with him, getting his legs going to get him strength right. and it looked good. So it's just crazy how his, his entire internal organs just didn't take. Like he literally lost his entire digestive system. He turned the mush inside of his body. Right. And so let's move away from that. Mm -hmm. He passed away. Mm -hmm. And uh, is it fair? No. Is mm -hmm. it shitty? Yes. Is it tragic? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'm never gonna get the closure that I want. Mm -hmm. There's no blame. Yeah. My cousin fell with him and, and fractured his spine. Yeah. I can't, it's not on my cousin. Yeah. My dad was up there doing what he loves at yeah. 73. Yeah. He was on top of a roof. Wow. But he loved what he was doing. Yeah, and to he, be up there at 73, he must have loved that. We were surfing together in Costa Rica three weeks before wow. that. We went on a father-son trip. I mean, that's real passion, days. right? To do oh, something yeah. Oh, yeah. like that. He loves it. He's not, like, there's no such thing as retirement. So yeah. he was doing what he loved. Life's a dangerous game, man. Yeah. Yeah. And he perished, and so I, I am still seeking constantly to find the positives. And yeah. so I'm thinking it didn't happen to, to me, it happened for me. Mm -hmm. And so my thought process around all of this is the learnings that I went through during that time of bringing my family together and being the male that was standing up and protecting my mother and protecting my sister and us rallying together and finding all of these things about unconditional love and we need to get over our own shit and how do we communicate? Our daily systems need to be on point so that all we can do is focus on 100% him and right. get over, get out of the way. Right. Like all the stuff that we're dealing with right. didn't matter because at the end of the day he was, he was dying. Yeah. And so there was a lot of stuff where I realized, holy smokes, like death forces you mm -hmm. to realize some stuff. Whether you ready or not. Yeah. yeah. And I had to step up and so I, I wrote in, I wrote, journals to my entire network every single day about his status and, and what was happening. That, that was more friends and, and family members, but mm -hmm. 
I just needed to process it and feel it and, and be with it. And I didn't avoid the pain. I didn't avoid the crying. I didn't avoid, avoid the trauma. I wanted to feel it because that's what it's like to be alive. Yeah, and if you yeah. just suppress that shit yeah. and then you just package that away and hide it forever, I mean, yeah. you didn't go through with it. So I went through it. Um, and it didn't happen to me. It happened for me like I, I just shared. And so yeah. I was just trying to share as many messages as possible. And, and this whole, like we talked about it briefly, but this whole thing, it took time. Like mm -hmm. You talked about a good, well over a year before you felt like you could go back. So to it was in March and now we're in, what are we, November? Yeah. So he passed July 11th, July 12th. Oh, so okay, sorry. Since, since then, I mean, it's been five months, six months. So I mean, we're, we're, we're up there in time. Right, right, right. You know, three, four weeks ago, I started to feel myself again. And so I, my flame just reduced and it wasn't like I was depressed or anything, but it was just like a piece of me was missing. And, and that's okay. I allowed myself to be I okay. want to talk to you about uh, anger specifically. Sure. You know, I experienced a loss, but not as close as that. But, you know, my grandmother passing and the being the only living grandparent I had hit me pretty hard. Um, and I found myself being angry, mm -hmm. right? And I, and I don't know if I'm still over it. I don't think about it daily. I might not even think about it weekly, but mm -hmm. there's time where it creeps in. Uh, especially being exposed to my, you know, my wife's grandparents, you know, grandparents, grandfather. Um, how do you, how did you navigate anger? Like, this is time where you're just fucking mad at the world. Yeah, you know. What did you do? And it's only been five months, and I hate to, to bring it up and ask you about it, but yeah. I feel like. The... You know, I didn't experience a lot of anger. Really? As crazy as that sounds. Yeah. There were, there were some times, but. I just, it's a choice. I just felt the emotions coming up and I mm -hmm. use my breathing to help me through that a lot. Mm -hmm. And it just, at the end of the day, the answer is love. Right. And I just try to move as quickly to that space. But I, I didn't have any anger triggers. Yeah. There was, yeah, this is a tragic, unfair yeah. happening. Yeah. But like, who am I gonna get angry at? Because I, there's no fault. And so I, I did my best to pass through that, but yeah. Sorry to be anticlimactic. No, no. Anger is not something that came up for me, and I, yeah. I, I don't know why. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. What do you do now to sort of, as a byproduct of that happening to you, what are things that changed for you um, that ultimately are for the better, that have so, changed your life for good? Intentionality. So when I landed and came back from that experience, I just looked at Toronto and just went, well, Toronto hasn't really changed, but I have. Right. Two months, yeah, sure, the buildings are a little bit taller and things are happening, but it's the same city. Yeah. But if I left and went through this life journey and I came home and I was the exact same person that I was before leaving, yeah. then I, I'm not honoring my father's passing right. in the changes that were made in my life. Right, 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 right. And so just being more intentional about who I surround my time with, mm -hmm. or sorry, who I surround myself with mm -hmm. and spend time with, what I'm doing, so intentionality, like attacking it and going it and only doing things with a fuck yes, because mm -hmm. life's short. Mm -hmm. Um, what would be some other things? Life systems of building that out, of more structure so that, dare I say structure, but with discipline comes freedom. Mm -hmm. So having my mornings routines just really set in stone, mm -hmm. understanding that those are the pillar of my long-term game. And so there's just a lot of things where I just tightened myself up a little bit right. and then allowed myself to feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I say I love you to four of my best dude friends now. That yeah. Before I, I would have been a bit of a laughing matter, but yeah, now yeah. it's like I love you, man. Like I just came out of the sweat lodge before this, yeah, where yeah. I was hanging out with a buddy and allowing 
you know, him my strength because he's going through a tough time right now for yeah. three hours in this native sweat lodge and yeah. loves the word that we use a lot. Yeah, yeah. So just being open and accessible in that way yeah. to my male friends yeah. uh, is, is a new one. Mm-hmm. How do you... <laughs> How do you tell or ask or empower? Let me, that's actually better, empower mm-hmm. um, other males to love themselves and to mm-hmm. love others. Because here's the thing, uh, what I tell people and what I say in passing, Julia, we talked about this as well. You can't love truly external people outside of you if you can't truly love yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's something that's, a, it, it really is a toxic thing in our environment, I feel. Mm-hmm. I'm passionate about it as well because you have to be able to truly love yourself mm-hmm. if you expect to love anyone else mm-hmm. you know, just as much. So what's sort of your way? I don't know if you have enough experience about it to talk about it, but you know, what would you say to Yeah, so I, a good friend of mine, Vince Luciani, he, he does this work and he's all about the identity and validation and loving oneself and it all comes down to love. Uh, yeah. Last night I was at a spirituality uh, hangout, which yeah. sounds totally creepy and weird, but it was just <laughs> a bunch of people that I respect talking about really high level things. Yeah. and. There was a beautiful quote that one of the people brought forward, which was, no matter what you've done, no matter what you have not done, you're worthy of love. Mm. And so, <laughs> that's deep. you know, a lot of people validate themselves by what they have done and, and you're worthy of love yeah. based on that. But if you haven't done anything, yeah. you're still worthy of love. And there's, wow. there's a lot of people that just some, for some reason, based on something that happened to them or their self-belief, they believe that they're not worthy of love and yeah. there's likely some forgiveness internally that needs to, to happen. And, you know, I think we're, we're in this era, really sensitive era around self-acceptance, around love yourself. And I just want to put a public service announcement mm-hmm. bow on that. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that you stay there. Mm-hmm. Okay. It means that you're going to move forward. It means I love myself enough to progress. The self-acceptance is not I love myself, so I'm just going to stay here forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's. It's like I play sports for participation ribbons. No, 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 no. Like we're still looking to win. We're still looking to compete and move things forward. Yeah. But it's not about winning. It's about making yourself a better person. The same thing is is the self-love bit isn't I love myself and accept myself. And I yeah. can just sit here and do nothing. And we see a lot of that where it's just like people are are finding the excuse to be satisfied of where they are and what they're doing. And they say that self-love. Yeah. As opposed to what you're saying, which is love yourself so that you may move forward and do things you've never done before. So there's there's a concept and, and it's called Kaizen. Okay. And it's the name of my our firstborn son, whenever that happens. Yeah. But Kaizen's a Japanese word yeah. for constant and perpetual growth. So it's a corporate term there, yeah. but the whole thing stems from the samurai yeah. and it's, it's just a culture around growth, right? And so love and self-acceptance is yeah. I love myself enough in this moment, yeah. but I, I want to strive. Like yeah, I'm yeah, here yeah. to do work. I'm here yeah. to contribute to something greater than myself, but I need to love myself before that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you talk about that constant growth and I'm talking to, you know, whether it's people I'm mentoring or to people that I'm, taking on a shoot with me or people that want to get into consecration is don't get wrapped up in the hype don't get wrapped up in the numbers and stats whatever you create just make the next one a little bit better mm-hmm. just do things a little bit better totally you truly and it, whether it's one inch or one mile just make it better than the last and that's how you measure it 
just continually try to make it better than the last one. Totally, and, and let's let's put a pause. We'll bring it back to the kind of standards and expectations thing. But yeah. if, if you're constantly only validating yourself based on how many likes you're getting or yeah. how many wins that you have, yeah. you're actually not in control of that. Those are the things that are totally outside of your control. Yeah. So you need to break it down into things that are, are in your control. Yeah. Okay, how you create your product, yeah. how what your timing, what the quality is in terms of the time that you're putting into the thing. Yeah. Okay your passion, your effort, your attitude, your behavior that yeah. shapes whatever it is that you do, yeah. those things are in your control. Right. So right. celebrate when you control the things that are in your control right. to move the dial forward, right, right. not based on the outcome. Right. So you intentionally focus on building your things yeah. and that then allows for success, not because other people told you it was successful gotcha. or because of a certain amount of likes. Gotcha. You gotta do it for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah better the ball is how I say what you just said in yeah. my in the sport. Whenever you touch the ball, you just got to better the ball. Mm. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. if you can continually do that, yeah. while loving yourself and rewarding yourself for bettering the ball, yeah. that's the long-term vision. Amazing, goal. amazing. Um, I, I do this with everyone I interview. I, I talk to them about themselves and some of the adversities that went, they went through. Um, how do you overcome adversity now? And the thing is like, you've, lived a more fulfilling life than most people, right? Uh, not to sound like pretentious or anything, like you've just done more, right? But you still encounter adversity. How do you navigate adversity? Well, I, I, let's just touch upon that because I, I don't, I, I have this complex of people comparing themselves and then robbing themselves of joy mm -hmm. or robbing themselves of any type of self-worth like yeah. please do not compare yourself to me this right. was my journey I did it for me I did it for my family I did it to become my best person this was right. my journey so right. Right. yes I've done a lot of different things absolutely please do not compare yourself to me but you can extract the lessons that I've processed be it that are the ones that I've, I've succeeded at or I failed at so you know how do I deal with adversity um, I just believe man I believe myself I put in the work so 1,000% just believe in your fucking self. I, I believe it. in myself. Now, there's, I believe in myself. Mm -hmm. Or there's, I've put in time. Yeah. I have built my body yeah. in a way that intentionally supports my goals. Yeah. I've controlled my mind. I've done personal growth and development. I've read a ton of different books. Right. I've put myself in situations where I've learned from the best. Right. I've sought advice. I've sought people you know, you want to meet somebody, find a way to get in front of them. Find a way to catch their eye. Find a way to seek information from them. Do that. Yeah. Like there's always a way. So I come from Vancouver Island. I come from a, a family that did not have a lot of money. I had opportunity. By no means was I like lowest class. I had great things, but I didn't have a lot of things. My parents... I still don't know how they supported me in the way that they did to allow for my dreams to come true. Mm -hmm. But man, anybody can achieve anything. It's mm -hmm. all right there, but you just have to believe in yourself. But right. with belief, you have to put in the work. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so when I was standing on the other side of the net at the Olympic Games, like I believed in myself. Yeah. I believed that I was going to win. Was I going to win? It, up, up in the air. Yeah. But I needed to look through the net and see my opponents yeah. and believe that I had put in more work, better work. I was in control of my body, my skill, my game more than those people. Yeah. That gave me a chance to win. If you don't believe in yourself, if yeah. you're not putting in any type of work, yeah. 
then start doing them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't care what your goals are. Yeah. You need to believe in yourself, and I believe in myself. Yeah. Like, from an early age, I knew I was going to achieve something great, and I just committed myself to yeah. that. Now, I want to imagine that you weren't born 6'7 with rock-hard abs uh, and beautiful flowing hair. I mean, look at the locks on this guy. Um, no, men, just as much as women, go through body issues and go through self-doubt and go through self-hate sometimes and all these kinds of things. How did you navigate that? Because I'm sure, not even just being, like, we'll talk, let's talk about both sides. As a teenager, I'm sure there's times where you're just putting pressure on yourself externally. Mm-hmm. And then as an athlete, you're just like, I have to do this. My body has to be in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Did it ever become toxic for you and you had to kind of get out of that? Or did you kind of cultivate a system that seemed to work throughout your life? Well, you know, it's challenges. So I was super skinny. Yeah. Like super skinny. I, I have skinny man syndrome to this day. So yeah. there's always the desire to get bigger and stronger. Yeah. Um, so being early days, I mean, I was just laughably skinny. Like yeah. 160 pounds soaking wet at six foot five. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that was the early days, um, you know. There maybe been a time where I, I just I had shitty complexion and I had a, you know obviously insecurities around that, but there's always this like it'll it'll be okay. Like so, it, even when you were a teenager, like yeah. you felt like it was just gonna be okay. I I had this belief yeah that it was gonna be okay. Right. So that would be your advice to people going through that. that yeah. Well, and, and that's that's hard. Like. And, and maybe my work ethic wasn't great at that time. There was just some level of like, I'll pass through this. Like something that I tell myself when it's challenging is this too shall pass. Yeah. So that affirmation of just, just, just keep on going, just yeah. keep on going. Yeah. Um, but I think a critique for me that people could have is that uh, he hasn't dealt with a lot of adversity. Yeah. And, and I haven't. Now, I worked my ass off and I played on the world tour for a very long time and took some major, major lumps, but sports mm-hmm. a game, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't really have these drivers in my life that I, I came from poverty or I needed right. to overcome a bunch right. of shit. And yeah. my, like, dude, I won the parents a lottery, man. Yeah. Yeah. My mom and my dad are like unbelievable. My sister is incredible. Yeah. So it's challenging for me to inspire people from that side because yeah. I, I had opportunity, Cause, uh, yeah, right? Yeah, a lot so, of people listening to you be like, dude, you haven't lived my life. You don't know what yeah, it so, is. So like in no way, shape or form should am I qualified yeah. to tell people that I overcame and this and this and this and this yeah, and this yeah, and this yeah. and this. That being said, mm-hmm. you still need to believe in yourself. Yeah. yeah. You, I overcame my things, yeah. be it insecurities, but yeah. consistency. Yeah was probably the name of the game for me. I was always a contender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't always the best, yeah. but I was always there and I was willing to put in the work. Yeah. I was never too big for something, for an opportunity. Yeah. I never thought so highly of myself, I'm above that. No, yeah. like, you're not above anything. Yeah, yeah. If you can be a beginner at every single thing that you do and not be above something, like, you'll always come out on top. Yeah, I mean, the last thing I kind of want to ask you about is that, and it relates to just about anyone, is that you have this grand aspiration and you achieve it and then there's a sense of emptiness that comes along with it mm-hmm. because you've now achieved it right yeah. like when i look at olympic athletes only because of the background of what i've studied and like you know being so close to sport in terms of like what i studied when i watch the olympics i have two feelings i love athleticism i mm-hmm. love seeing different kinds of sport and people at the pinnacle of human movement mm-hmm. right but there's also the sinking feeling of me almost worrying in a way or empathetic in a way like this might be the best thing that ever happens to my life, to their life, sorry, to their life. Mm-hmm. And I really hope that's not true. Mm-hmm. 
So same for like NCAA basketball. Like they're all playing for the scholarship. They're all playing to, you know, go there and then make the NBA. But only 250 people out of thousands, they're, they're sorry, they're competing for 250 job positions. Mm-hmm. And guess what? 70% of them are full right now. Yep. So there's a sinking feeling as well. So did you, like you had this aspiration to play in the Olympics, obviously. obviously. I, le- I left school, man. I put everything on the line. So what happens when you make it there and then that kind of is done? Did you always know that you're going to do something after? Or did so you feel like I, you I always had a bit of a complex of that. I, I wanted to be more than a, a volleyball player. So okay. when I played volleyball, there was this, and that was probably a weakness because I, I didn't commit 100% and that was all I was doing. I was always interested in, okay, how can I market myself? How can I create some events to earn some money? How can I do other things? So I played the game of being an athlete and, and learned how to market myself. and yeah. was one of the earlier athletes to create YouTube videos and music yeah. and do lifestyle stuff. So. You know, not to say that that was a distraction. I don't want to position it that way. Yeah, yeah. But I was always interested in diversifying. The, the, yeah, diversifying. I had other pursuits. I loved music. I loved culture. I loved language. Like, so I I invested emotional energy into other things because right. I just I'm not the guy that's going to sit there after practice and talk about the practice for two hours right. about like, hey, remember when I did that shot? Like, yeah. I doesn't like I need to get out of there and do other things. Right. So when I left. I had physicality that I was interested in marketing and at other things, yeah. but I didn't have any qualifications. So, because yeah. you spent so much of your life training, yeah, that, I'm I'm really good at hitting and spiking and blocking a ball over a net, dude. Yeah, yeah. In sand, outdoors. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> one of the better athletes in the world at doing that. But yeah. how does that transfer to other things? Right. That took time, and there was there was an empty space after the Olympics where I put over a decade yeah. of time into achieving that goal yeah. and I didn't think what happens if I achieve that yeah, what's yeah. the next step and so I continued playing and I was hurt and I just it, it really broke me as a human being because I had no drive after the Olympics because that was pinnacle and so I, I went through that season and I had to call it quits because I hyperextended my elbow and yeah. I just was no longer willing to play hurt and I retired knowing that my journey there was finished, even though technically on paper I should have gone for another Olympic cycle. Yeah. I just, I felt complete. I felt complete with that, and I felt like I had more to offer the world yeah. than what I was doing within that, and yeah, it was yeah. just time. Yeah. And my family supporting me when, I don't know how they did it. Like, yeah. we're, I was a professional athlete, but I mean, it's still very amateur, man. Like, yeah. the, the Volleyball Canada, doesn't pay a lot of money. Like it's yeah. not super glamorous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As much as it looks glamorous. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there was a piece after where it was it was really really challenging. Yeah. But I'm also very passionate and, and willing to go after things. So I managed the DJ for a while. I had a couple other ventures that kind of happened. Tried them out. Yeah. Wasn't fully stoked about them, but I just needed to be in motion and right. um, realize that my true goal was to shift health culture in Canada. That was it. That was it. That was the hierarchy goal. When did so that? that was, when, when did that? come to you because I imagine it didn't come to you for a while but like when did you so first realize I, that I just I at that point in time my evolution of self was so keen on fitness yeah. and becoming my best outside of sport mm-hmm. so my new sport became fitnessing mm-hmm. so that's how I competed that's how I trained myself was that that was my new competition so mm-hmm. I got very into that um, and throughout that journey really wanted to educate and inspire and mm-hmm. and make it accessible mm-hmm. and that's why I helped create a fitness offering that did what it did and yeah. over time 
I then realized yeah. that it's so much more than fitness. There's a human being there, there's a mind there, there's lifestyle. Yeah. And I started to see people misusing the intensity of, of that. Yeah, you yeah. can't beat stress with stress. If you yeah. have a shitty lifestyle, if you try to train harder to make up for that, mm -hmm. there's still a level of unhappiness there. So I realized that, holy smokes, I was unhappy and I was using fitness or training to, to try to compensate for that. Mm -hmm. Saw that in myself, hurt myself, yeah. and then saw that in other people and realized, holy smokes, there's a lot there. So yeah. the goal is still health, but it, the tip of the sword is, is now breath work and accessibility is more mindfulness and, and getting people to love themselves and find enjoyment and movement versus everyone needs to fitness to do yeah. things. But it took me a lot of time, I was lost, and yeah. you just gotta be in motion, man. Yeah. You gotta be in motion. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and have I figured it out? Absolutely not. Yeah. yeah. I'm still a few degrees of separation away from anything that's concrete. Yeah. Uh, but. I'm in motion. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's a great place to close off because let me just say, like, you know, when I met Julia, um, you know, whenever I'm shooting someone, I want to know their story. Like, when I'm connecting with the people that I'm photographing, I want to know their story. It's not just me taking a picture. I want to know who you are. Mm -hmm. When you talk about the human thing, it resonates with me because I want to know that. Because if I expect to photograph the best version of Martin, I want to know who you are, what moves you, and have this kind of, like, dance in a way as we do this thing, right? So when I was getting to know her and I saw all the things she was doing, like, that's amazing, right? And then I saw that you guys, partners as well, and I saw your story and I'm like, man, this guy has quite a story. Like, you never see, you know, I don't want to stereotype, but, you know, the impression is that you don't see athletes as a majority mm -hmm. doing something after the pinnacle of their sport that is so altruistic. Mm -hmm. And... I am so happy that you said, hey, would you mind, you know, working with me on this thing? I'm like, uh, yeah, me, me, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I just got to say thank you so much uh, for everything, uh, for having this conversation, for sharing all that knowledge. Where can people follow your work uh, and follow your story? So I'm going to put that a pause. I'll answer that in a second, but I, I want to bring it full circle. Yeah. And so the, the, my most recent thing, which is called Off Ball Athlete, yeah. really expresses, well, what if the best thing that you're going to do with your life yeah. happens after let's say your highest achievement within sport or your art or your thing yeah but that thing that you did yeah. that jump start for me it was sport what if that was totally necessary to become the person you needed to be to do your greatest life work down the road mm. and so i now see sport or arts or content creation as a vessel to master oneself and to create virtues and the systems. And we're, we're talking about these things, but mm -hmm. like, who you are as a human being, like, you train yourself through that vessel. Mm -hmm. It's not sport. Mm -hmm. Sport's the game. That's how you shape yourself. Yeah. And a lot of people die after sport. Yeah. But you actually, everything that you built, yeah. you can transition that to whatever it is that you want to do. Yeah. And what if there was so much more available to you after? You just yeah. need to find a way to play that game, yeah. build yourself and build character and build integrity yeah, yeah. and then transition that to a, another thing. So yeah. just to add value to that, bring it around full circle, like yeah. I, sport lit me up and I, I left it and now I'm back into it understanding that it's a vessel to educate people Huge. to become better human beings and to, to tap into their best yeah. highest calibration per se.
That's amazing. Yeah. So, where can people find me? Uh, yeah. Martin J. Reader on Instagram, offballathlete on Instagram, yeah. martinreader.ca, offballathlete.com. Fantastic. Uh, there's some breath work on the offballathlete.com that people can get for free. Awesome. Um, hit me up anytime. Movement, breath, philosophy, all kinds of different things. Definitely. I mean, obviously. I haven't pinned down as I don't live in a single place. So, a lot Fantastic. of different Fantastic. Thank happen. you for your time. Again, make sure to check the links below for all the stuff and the full conversation with Martin. If you're listening to the podcast, please share with people that you think would find value from this conversation. A lot of amazing topics that we talked about. Again, thank you for your time. Thank you all for watching. We'll see you next time.